Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to what is the final season of Flourishing with PTSD, a podcast designed to help normalize conversations around mental health, specifically in the context of PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. If this is your first time tuning in for an episode, first of all, I would like to personally welcome you. I do advise that since this is the final season, that you do go back to earlier episodes before listening in on this season. If you are a regular listener or someone who occasionally pops in for an episode here and there, welcome to you as well. My name is Manda. I am the host. This is as good a time as any to let you know that I am not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional in any capacity. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a girl who has lived through trauma and is well on her way to healing and I don't know, living her best life. Um, As always, I will put a general trigger warning on today's episode. So please take a moment to check in with yourself and see how you're doing uh, and deciding whether or not to continue. So I continue to feel so fortunate with, you know, like the relationships that I've found because of the Flourishing with PTSD platform and the advocacy work that I've done. No one no one asks to be a survivor of something so traumatic that it leaves them battling post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, post-traumatic stress is something that I think is still somewhat widely misunderstood, which is why, you know, it so often falls on survivors to carry the load and try to educate the world from the inside out what it is to live with PTSD. Um, And as most of you know by now, the reason I started this platform is because someone attempted to sexually assault me and that attack landed me with a diagnosis of PTSD. And, you know, as I started building the Flourishing with PTSD platform, I started following other advocates and other accounts that were hoping to accomplish goals that were very similar to mine. And now, I mean, I can't believe it. As I begin begin to close out the chapter of the podcast and my advocacy work, I thought it was only fitting to have one of the people back that has inspired me since the very early days and to have them come on for another appearance. Um, this person has inspired me in so many ways and, you know, everything from taking survivorship of PTSD in stride to self-work to advocacy and so much more. I would love to welcome back Lauren, founder of MTMV Community Support Network. Lauren, welcome back. Please tell us how you're doing and what you've been up to. Hey there. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you were one of the first pages I feel like I started following years ago, and I am beyond grateful for this friendship, this uh, collaborative relationship that we have built. I feel like I continue to learn so much from you, and I'm so glad we've also become friends. Um, yes, I am Lauren. I run MTMV Community Support Network, a uh, support system for survivors and supporters of survivors. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And if you are not following Lauren on Instagram, please do. We will put all of that information in the podcast details. Do you want to just give a quick shout out to that handle? Yes, it is at MTMV Community at MTMV community on both Instagram and I'm also on Twitter. Wonderful. And Lauren posts incredible content. And again, like I learned so much from your content, Lauren, and I 
constantly like I can go to your page anytime I need some validation in my experience and it's just so nice to know the human behind that content because you are just seriously one of the most genuine incredible human beings I've ever met and I'm just so honored to know you and honored that you said yes to coming back onto the podcast I'm just I'm so grateful you're here um for folks, you know, I know this is a podcast, but know that I'm blushing. I, <laughs> I am blushing right now. Um, amazing, amazing. Um, I, I very much resonate with the work you do and why you're doing it. And I know for me, I want to try to be the person that I didn't have or that I need um, needed. Um, and I guess that's what I try to put out there. Yeah, that's an incredible goal to have. Um, Absolutely. So I want to start off by asking you, you know, well, okay, first of all, when I approached you about coming back for the final season, I had explained to you that I was interested in talking primarily about healing in this season. And I feel like, you know, this entire podcast has been centered around the journey of healing and coping and developing a strong toolbox. And, you know, what's crazy and so cool is that listeners who have started from the beginning of this podcast and listened to the episodes in order, you're you're literally hearing my healing journey in real time. And the biggest takeaways right off the bat are obviously that healing is not linear. Uh, You will have good days and bad days in no particular order. Um, So I want to start off by asking you, you know, like, what does an average day as an advocate look like for you? Because and we'll unpack this in the episode, but, you know, being an advocate who's also a survivor is all kinds of adventurous, we'll say. So what, first of all, does a day as an advocate look like for you? Um, Great question. Um, I work virtually. um, And so that is a bit different than advocates who, let's say, work for crisis centers, agency, even law firms. Um, I am lucky that I am able to work for myself. And I'm mostly able to set my own schedule, which is super important for trying to balance the survivor advocate life. Um, I have various health issues and mornings are really tough for me. So I try not to schedule things too early in the morning. It kind of gives me time to allow my brain and body to wake up a bit, uh, to get ready to start the day. Um, I chat with many survivors through social media. Um, so I typically start there, uh, checking messages, checking in with comments, uh, checking in with folks. Um, some days I have, I also do peer support. So some days I have virtual sessions with survivors. Um, I lead events. Sometimes I am leading those. I, uh, run support groups and, uh, coping skill groups. So I might be doing those, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I will also spend time planning for those future events, groups, workshops. Um, I run the MTMV community account all by myself. um, And I create all of the graphic and artwork and posts for it. So that, um, you know, it takes a bit of time. So working on that, I try to post every day. So again, creating content. Um, 
I often am finding local resources for survivors that I've met through Instagram, through online, through social media. So maybe calling at different crisis centers at different agencies to confirm their resources so I can pass that along to the survivor. Um, I really, in general, try to respond to all the messages and comments that MTMV community receives. Um, so to say I spent a lot of time online would probably be an understatement, but I've really found, you know, social media has become such a fabric of our lives that I think it's more comfortable for people to search hashtags or stumble upon pages and then recognize you know, themselves and maybe some of the posts or the content and feel more comfortable reaching out, getting support that way. Um, I think it's more accessible on people's level. Um, so that's a lot of the work that I do. That's amazing. And I don't even think I realized how extensive your work is. I mean, that is just amazing that you can do all of that. I'm I'm in awe. I mean, you can see my face right now. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I mean, truly, I I really mean it when I say, like, when I go to your page, because sometimes I'll seek it out and I will just scroll through. I'm like, didn't know that. Didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, she has a workshop coming up. That's amazing. Like, you know, or these events, you know, that you're just, and the fact that you're getting in contact with resources for survivors. And I think you're certified, right? Like you have a certification to lead these groups. So this isn't just you I mean, so graciously giving your time because it's something you want to do, but you're like qualified to do these things. Correct. Yes, I am a credentialed victim advocate through the National Advocacy Credentialing Program and a certified trauma professional through the, they just changed their initials, their name. I think they are now the International Trauma Training Institute. Um, and I it's really important to me to try to be as educated on, you know, trauma responses, you know, what is trauma? Like, how does that show up in everyday lives? Um, knowing how, you know, learning all the latest things to try to be the best advocate and resource that I can be. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's just, that's, I, mean, I applaud you. I mean, truly, doing all of that work and you know the kind of work that that is because you're dealing with a lot of heavy stuff right and not to mention that beyond all of that you have your own stuff I mean I I can't imagine doing as much work as you are doing so I, I applaud you for all that you do and the fact that you've been able to do it for so long I mean you're such an incredible human I just adore you you are so great I adore you I appreciate all of the kindness I'm I have my days and I'm still learning like all of us. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you so much. Yeah. Oh, the feeling is so mutual. So, um, I mean, speaking of all this advocacy work, so what made you want to become an advocate for survivors in the capacity that you are right now? You know, was it something that was on your radar before some of your traumatic experiences? 
absolutely not. Um, I truly would have never predicted being where I am now. Never in a zillion years. Um, I worked in film production for decades and I truthfully thought that I don't know that I was going to be this like little old frail lady, you know, working on TV shows and stuff that I was going to be career in film production. And, you know, life is funny like that. Um, and it's also funny because in retrospect, how toxic the film industry is and how much trauma that I've accumulated in those decades um, and that, it took being apart from it to re fully realize. I don't think I've even still gotten there uh, to process and grasp everything I've been through. But after I was sexually assaulted and bullied and harassed and had really, really horrible experiences working on a film set, my life changed forever. I lost my community um, that I had worked with for years. You know, when you're working 80 to 100 hour weeks, you mostly hang out with people you work with. Um, all of that was gone. Everything I had been working for pretty much my entire adult life was gone. And I felt really lost, honestly. Um, and I went from working so much to having all this time on my hands. Um, and had massive PTSD and was in it uh, majorly. And the more I started learning about trauma and how our brain works and how, wait a minute, I'm not crazy. Like this is actually a thing. This is science. This is our brains, our bodies, our experiences, understanding how, you know, things that happened in my childhood, how that impacted, you know, how I would re react to the trauma later in life. It was one of the biggest catalysts, I think, in my, you know, what we call the healing journey. Um, and the more I started learning about that and learning about dismantling, you know, rape myths, um, it was very empowering for me. And it kind of transitioned into this work. Um, but it's funny though, because in retrospect, I have been almost training for this work my whole life. You know, I, as a child of abuse, I went through a lot of trauma at a young age. Um, and like so many of us, you know, was left to deal with it. And by deal with it, I mean to survive it because you're a kid and this idea that, oh, what a resilient child. You mean a child dealing with trauma. Um, but now that I'm able to look through all of that through the lens of trauma education, you know, so many of my life experiences and who I am, they make sense to me now. And I'm able to show myself and others more compassion. Um, I've been to a lot of groups and therapists in my life and I certainly know while everybody is different and has a different needs and wants you know over the years there are certain things that you know I experienced trying to get help and trying to get resources that 
were just such systemic failures. Um, you know, I've really been able to see what doesn't work and being able to try to do the opposite. Wow. And I mean, you said something that really just stuck out to me, which is that moment where you start learning about trauma and oh, like that moment, like, can we just take a second to appreciate that moment? And I might get a little emotional, but that moment when you, you've gone through maybe like the symptomology of PTSD and you're experiencing these things and you legitimately get to a place where you think you're going insane. And then there's this beautiful moment where you realize, oh my gosh, I am not crazy. Like this is an actual like phenomenon where like this is just how the brain does its thing. This is how the brain responds to trauma. Oh my gosh, so like, it's not me. And that moment of, so I'm not being overdramatic about something. I'm not crazy. They have a name for it, which means that there's something, there's stuff that can be done to, you know, not deal with it, but like go through it and heal with it and develop a toolbox. I mean, when you said that, I was just like, that, that right there. Yeah. So I just, uh, that's, that's, that's special. That's special. I feel it. I, I feel it. I'm getting a little choked up myself. Um, for folks listening, you know, please know you are not crazy. You are not broken. Something happened to you. It's an injury. Um, your body is trying to heal itself. And that's what, that's what trauma symptoms are, is your body trying to protect itself. But unfortunately, it, as we know, trauma symptoms are, are not great, but it is because your body is literally going through reactions and full body responses to try to keep you safe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so do you believe that in general healing is possible for survivors of sexual assault and like and for those who are living with PTSD do you think healing is possible I truly do yeah I don't think that we're gonna forget what happened to us I think that there may be times of the year or things that happen that may bring some of it back for us. Um, but I do firmly believe that it's possible to get to a place where trauma and the symptomology of trauma don't control you, that we can grow around it and go on to have meaningful lives. Mm. Yes, supportive snaps to that. For sure. Yes. I love it. I'm here for it. Note <laughs> about me. I cannot snap. I got I'm you covered. I'm really sad about it. I've had a lot of people try to teach me, but like I literally, I have a really small, <laughs> thin boned thing fingers. I'm like, it's a thing. I can't snap. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I've got you covered. So I got you. <laughs> I'll support a snap you all day long. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> with many survivors and advocates that I've spoken with, there is a common theme that I hear from them, which is the difference between healed and healing. 
And I've talked about this on other episodes with other survivors as well. And, you know, I've never met a survivor who has said, yep, I'm healed. I don't have to deal with that anymore. Like at all. Like it's like it never happened. I've never met one person who has had trauma of any kind who has felt like that. However, I have met survivors who have said something along the lines of, you know, like things have gotten much better for me and I'm still working on things, you know? Um, so like, what is your perspective on, you know, that, that sense of healed versus healing? Honestly, I kind of want to throw the word healing out. I use it often, but every time I do use it, I find myself questioning the use of it. Um, like, first off, what does it even look like to fully heal? You know, healing and finding safety take time. And in my opinion, healing is in the little moment. You don't just wake up one morning and you're healed. Um, they think about how I cut off all of my hair a few years ago along kind of my, I'm going to say it again, my healing journey. <laughs> and it was super short. Like I cut it all off. And when I look at photos from then to now, I think about how I didn't see it growing. I didn't notice it growing, but my hair was growing longer and longer. Every day it was growing. And then suddenly I came to realize my hair had indeed grown. And I think that's how healing is, mm. you know, a little bit each day. And then on certain times, you notice it. Um, I just this past weekend, I went to a party at nighttime, um, which I think most people over the age of 16 would probably just refer to that as a party. <laughs> but I truthfully, you know, living with, post-traumatic stress, like I going to parties, going out at night are two things that are way out of my comfort zone that are just not really a big part of my life right now. And, you know, prior to the assault and everything, it's something that I wouldn't have even thought twice about. But, you know, this weekend I a neighbor was invited me to a party and I went for almost an hour and I wasn't suddenly able to do that. It's all of those moments that led up to the moment of uh, me going to this party. It was me realizing, okay, my hair is now, you know, lower than my ears. It's being able to see it in these moments. Um, as insignificant as it may seem to others, it was a really mon monumental healing moment for me. Um, and that is what healing is. It's in these moments. Um, I personally cannot wait to tell my therapist because I know she is actually going to make me talk a lot about this. And I'm going to tell her that I said this on the podcast and she's going to laugh. <laughs> um, but it's true because based on the work that we've been doing, that is healing. Those are steps forward. Um, I know I said that I don't love the word healing, 
But if we don't call it healing, what would we call it? Um, I know some people call it trauma recovery. There's also people who don't like the term recovery. Um, Finding safety, reclaiming our power, able to function most days, reconnection, reclamation. You know, the process of healing is such an individual and yet complex experience. But yet (laughs) healing almost feels too big of a word Mm. because we can't just put our nervous system in a cast for 30 days and then call it healed. You're absolutely right. And I just like want to pause for a second and just applaud and celebrate you because I mean to someone else you know the idea of going to a party even for let's say an hour like that might not be a big deal to someone else right but to like it's like you're walking into like I don't know if you've seen um or read the books um the divergent series but it's like you're almost kind of going into like this fear landscape where it's like okay literally like it's like trigger central in here. Like it could be anything. And the fact that, I mean, I think like there has to be that element of like, okay, you, you trust yourself enough to be able to handle whatever like triggers might come up, but also like there's the balance of, and I want to experience showing up to this. And you know, the definition of success is not going out to a party. That's, that's not where the success is in that. It's, this is something that can be potentially upsetting to me, but it can be a safe situation. And I'm going to trust myself to navigate that. And hey, I'm going to go for 30 minutes or I'm going to go until I feel uncomfortable. And when I notice I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm going to leave. So like, I just want to applaud you because that takes such courage. And like, that might sound so simple, but it's not like that is a big deal. And I'm so happy for you. And I hope that that was a positive experience for you. It was. Thank you. And I receive, I'm receiving uh, the, you know, pride that you were showing me. I appreciate it. And it's also great, you know, back to, you know, what we call healing in the sense that it actually is healing because it created a new neural pathway in my brain. And it was able to say, you were able to go out, nothing bad happened. It was safe. So my brain now has rewritten, you know, some of that. And the more that we can do that and find that reconnection and those moments and create those new, uh, you know, neural pathways, these new maps for our brain to follow, that's when the healing happens. Yeah, which is so exciting because it's like, okay, I've had all of these bad experiences. Like, let's, let's use parties, for example. Like, Parties are labeled a dangerous situation. Oh, there's my my notification there. Um, m- like, you know, parties are labeled in your brain or like in my brain even as like a dangerous situation or a very uncomfortable situation. So why would I want to put myself, you know, quote unquote, kind of victim blaming yourself a little bit, but it's like, why would I put myself in that situation? Why would I even dare, you know? And then you go to, um, oh, you know, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to attempt to see if I can redefine that or give another image. And, oh, look, I was able to have a good experience, even though it was for 45 minutes to an hour. Well, hey, 
that's still exciting. That's still something new for your brain to work with. And then the next time that opportunity comes up, you have the same choice. I want to go or maybe I don't want to go, but I do have a positive experience to think back on and instead of only negative ones. And that's, I'm just, that like fills me with such joy. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Supportive snaps. Here we go. We're back. (laughs) I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Here's the other thing that I'm really excited to ask another advocate about because I don't think I've actually ever, I don't recall ever asking or having this conversation with another advocate, but how has taking on the role of an advocate on top of the fact that you have your own story impacted your healing journey? Because doing this work is kind of a constant reminder in some ways of this trauma, but then there are other amazing elements that make it worth it. So how has that all impacted your journey of, you know, however you would like to define it, like reclaiming hope, joy, reclaiming yourself? How 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 has that been for you? It's something that I actually have been thinking about a lot lately. And in some ways it has been very nourishing in so many different ways. Uh, mainly in the sense of being able to hold space for other, you know, victims and survivors' experiences. Um, I think anytime we hear other survivor stories, especially if there's similarities to our own, it makes us feel a little less alone, um, a little less crazy. Um, As I said earlier, I always strive to be the person I needed or that I need most. And giving that to others is a great and wonderful gift and gives me a sense of purpose. And it also has taught me to be able to give that back to myself, um, which is really powerful. Um, I often try from beating myself up and being really, really hard on myself. I'll try to say, what would you say to a survivor you were talking to? You would never talk to them the way you're talking to yourself right now. And being able to kind of put on that hat for myself um, has been really beneficial. Um, I also think that doing the work I do, especially with Um, MTMV community being a larger platform that Lauren, the survivor, gets lost a bit. Um, I think that people have grown to see me as a dependable source of support uh, for people, which is incredible. And I wouldn't change that but it also feels like sometimes when I'm extra vulnerable or not at 100% when I'm in it, that it has been off-putting to some survivors and it causes stress for people following the page. And that's hard. Um, I feel at times like people support me as an advocate and love the work that I do with MTMV, but they don't support me as Lauren the survivor. Mm. and it really hurts I I try not to let it bother me but I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate it all because I really do like doing the work that I do and I want to continue Um, 
it's just some interesting things that I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's a very interesting and like very real um, picture that you've, you've laid out because yeah, absolutely. There's, there's this amazing thing that like we as advocates have to do where, you know, we, we provide this content and it's almost like, like the know-how, even though we, we don't know how we're just like everyone else, just finding what works for us and sharing what has worked for us. Um, and, uh, sometimes people on social media, again, it just like it, it's so easy to forget the human behind the content and the, the fact that there are real feelings that are felt, there are real limitations. Um, we are not robots, you know, we are still healing human beings or, you know, people on this journey. And, um, there are great expectations that are put upon advocates, uh, especially when people forget. And especially we've been so candid, like, Hey, we we're in this work largely because we had our own experience. So you know how you have your limitations. Well, guess what? We have those too. Um, we're going to have our off days. We're going to need to take breaks. I mean, we experience triggers and we might be down for weeks, you know, and that's just part of the experience. And we can't sugarcoat that because then, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And we have to, you, and like you said, like we kind of have to navigate that line. And, um, I hear, I hear how you as a person can get lost in that sea of expectations and advocacy. Yeah, it wasn't something that I was expecting and it happened before I realized it. And then it was like, wait a second. And I noticed that when I do, when I, and don't get me wrong, people are, there's so many people who are supportive and send me messages whenever I am extra vulnerable on the page. But there are also other people who message me that it activated them or it triggered them. And I just want to be like, I'm a person too. Like you like my page because it is such a, you know, I talk about this survivor experience, you know, and navigating it, the ins and the outs, but I'm navigating it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I like how, when you start your podcast, you talk about you're not a therapist, you know, you're not a doctor. Same here. Like I, I'm not, I'm a lady who, has some credentials who's going working through her own trauma too. Mm-hmm. I don't ever try to claim to be an expert. I'm certainly not an expert on anybody else's trauma. That's not how it works. Okay. But um yeah, but ultimately to me keeping the community as a safe a place as it can be is my priority. Um, so that's on me to figure out how to do that and not getting lost. Yeah. And I, I like what you said in there and it, it made me just now think about, you know, how do you like the, the point of at least like the way that I try and generate my content. And I feel like yours is very similar is, you know, we're giving people the, content to be able to build up their own toolbox because here's the thing and this is just kind of an objective truth you can't I mean anyone can argue it but I I guess but and I want to say it gently so that it's received gently but you know content out there 
like, again, people are so individual and I think there's such a high pressure right now than ever before to generalize everything so that no one could possibly be upset by what you're saying. And here's the thing. That's never going to happen. There will be someone out there who is going to be triggered or upset or activated by what has been said somewhere. And the point of our pages is to give people the tools and strategies so that they know how to deal with that. And of course, there is an element of accountability and like learning like, hey, using this terminology is actually really damaging. Oh, thank you so much for letting me know. I'm going to learn how to educate myself on that and see how I can make the changes so that my page is now more welcoming and accepting and aware of potentially damaging terminology. And there's this other part, you know, like, like you said, and you, you phrased it so beautifully is that some people love the term healing journey. Other people prefer some of the other things you said, what were some of the, you said reclaiming or um, like the reclamation of the self or what were some others that you said? Uh, trauma recovery, uh, finding safety, mm-hmm. uh, reconnection. Yeah. And like people, it's very individualistic. And I think that we have to, I I know I have had to surrender to the idea of just like, you know, again, what works for me is not going to work for someone else. And if I'm questioning how someone else, like if I were to come to you and say, Hey, you know, my healing journey, this and that, how has that been for you? And you just have to rely on good communication. You know, I really don't prefer the term healing journey. I really prefer, you know, trauma recovery. Oh, that's great. So now when I speak to you, I'll know, oh, how's trauma recovery going for you? Where are you at? Like, do you mind if I ask you how that's going? And um, there's a lot of times no general one size fits all. And sometimes I think, especially right now, as like heated and divisive as we are right now, that's forgotten. And you can't box people up in like that like we are all a wide range of a color palette right like there are so many things out there and why would you want to make it so general I mean the beauty of the human experience is our individuality right so agreed we are like that new shiny box of like the 64 Crayola crayons that comes with the pencil sharpener. Mm-hmm. Those were really big when I was a kid. Oh. Getting one of those, like life was good. If you got a new box of crayons and it had the pencil sharpener. Oh. Woo! You're feeling elite in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, like, on, on, like, talking about that climate, like, while we're talking about that, do you ever have moments where you think about not being an advocate anymore? I know I've definitely had days like that. Yeah, there are days. I, you know, honestly, yes. Um, but I say that and also want to follow that quickly by I'm not going anywhere for at least, you know, the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um I've also noticed that the times that I do feel like stepping away, mostly it's when the survivor part of me is it feeling hurt or supported, uh, kind of when we were talking about earlier. And having that information for me is really, really helpful because even if I can't change the situation, um, it helps to ground me in a sense 
knowing that I'm not just an advocate, I'm a survivor. And there's a reason why I might be feeling like I am. And being, maybe that's me saying, okay, you need to maybe not answer every comment right now and go for a walk around the block, step away, you know, nourish the parts of me that are feeling unheard. Um, you know, and I'm still very much, you know, working on trying to nourish those parts in, you know, healthy, healthy ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I resonate with that very much. So, um, and then, I mean, I guess as we, I was, as we wrap up this episode, which I can't believe we're already like closing it out, but, um, you know, people out there listening to this might be at the very beginning of their healing journey and they might be feeling a little lost or overwhelmed. Um, so to anyone out there who's listening to this, and if you're at the beginning of your healing journey right now, Lauren, what is one thing that you want these people to know? Ooh, ooh good question. Let's see. Um, that you are worthy of having a life that brings you joy. You're worthy of a life that's free from flashbacks and nightmares and constant health issues. You deserve to live in the present and have a meaningful, healthy relationships with yourself and the world around you. Um, maybe you aren't ready yet, or maybe it isn't safe for you to start processing your trauma yet. And that's okay. There are going to be times where maybe it isn't safe to open up that box. Listen to that. But there is also going to be a time where you're going to have to go for it and try to deal with it. Um, because if you don't, it's going to deal with you. I am someone who has found that out the hard way more than once. <laughs> um, but show yourself some grace. Um, Try to tell yourself what you would tell someone you love or cared about in the same situation. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, uh, but I do believe it'll get better. I believe in you. I know that it is not always easy to find competent resources or support. Um, and that is a big barrier to healing. Um, that the struggle is real. If I can ever help you find any resources, uh, you know, reach out. Um, you know, there are those helpers out there. There are people who care and want to support. I mean, even me starting this Instagram page, I was able to meet people like Manda here and she has made my life so much better. So I hope that you all can find your Mandas. Oh my gosh. I'm literally going to cry. Oh my gosh. Stop. And I, I mean, and I feel the same. I, and I will never forget. I, I remember the very first time I talked to you, Lauren. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember I was sitting in my car and I was waiting. I was taking public transportation to call my college at the time. And I was sitting in my car and I was very new to my page. My page was very small, um, felt very insignificant at the time. And um, I was sitting in my car and I loved your content. I was following it for a long time. And I remember when you followed me back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like such a big page. Oh my gosh. And I know that um, 
that you and Shay from We Are The Evidence like talked often and you guys were always like reposting each other and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. One day, one day I hope, you know, I can only imagine. And I had commented on one of your stories and then I expect you to just kind of like the message or just give me like a thumbs up or something. But then you're like, oh, like, how are you? Like, you just started a conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot believe like she's talking to me. This is so crazy. And like, I just like, I couldn't believe that like you would give me that like, space and you're like how are you like how are you doing how are things going and I just like I can't tell you how much I felt like I was walking on water for the rest of that week I was just like oh my gosh like that was like one of the very first times that it felt real true story so I apologize in advance if you have to edit out sounds of me like ugly cry <laughs> on this podcast. But I I had no idea. I'm really glad that you shared that. And it was meant to be. And but you matter. I didn't even know you mm-hmm. yet, but I knew that you mattered. And I'm glad that, you know, we chatted and that we become friends and um yeah like I said I will always try to respond to my messages (laughs) (laughs) yeah and guys for all of you listening like that is the kind of person that Lauren is I mean she she will talk to anyone and and give them the same love and support that you know again like she was saying she wished she had she wants to be the person that she wants and so you you can imagine just the amount of love and support and encouragement that comes from from that place. And I am so grateful to know you, Lauren. I'm so grateful that you said yes to coming back for the final season of the podcast. I, I can't believe we're here. Um, and as we wind down on the number of episodes that I have left to record, it's, it's emotional and it's, it's, uh, also a great time to look back and be sentimental again, like over these relationships, I wanted to bring back, you know, as many people as possible for this final season. And I'm just, so grateful that you had the time and space to say yes and and to share this part of you. I just can't thank you enough. Truly a pleasure, truly a pleasure. I think that the work you've done on this podcast and your platform is incendiary. And I am so glad to be part of you leaving your mark in the world and I can't wait to see what is next for you thank you and believe it or not I think this is the first time I'm saying this on any of my medias actually so this is the first time but there there is more to come after the after the podcast I'm working on some stuff right now so there is more coming and I'm so excited to share more down the road but as always, everyone. Oh, wait, no, 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 wait. One more time. One more time. Lauren, can we please get that Instagram handle one more time and other places where we can follow and find you? Yes, I am on both Instagram and Twitter at MTMV Community. And you can also visit my website at mtmvsupport.com. And you can find out more information about events, groups, um, upcoming happenings and such there as well. Give me a shout. Do it. It's worth it. It's worth every single minute. Um, so as always, thank you all so much. All of you who listen to the podcast, I hope that 
It continues to be a source of comfort knowing that you are not alone in whatever it is that you are going through and healing is absolutely possible and it won't be like this forever. Um, I hope that the podcast continues to be a source of education around these topics in a way that is both approachable and accessible to all and that this punk and that this podcast has essentially accomplished my goal which is ending the stigma around mental health struggles one conversation at a time bye